Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the In The Saddle podcast. My name is Chris Loder and I am joined by my guests this week, Liz Batchelor and Casey Midwinter, as we preview some of the main ITV action at Lingfield, Haydock and Ascot. But before we get into the racing, let's see how everyone is. Liz, I'll come to you here first. You've not been on in a little while, uh, but how's the form going? Yes, it is, Chris. I haven't been here for a couple of weeks, have I? Well, I think it's more than a couple of weeks. I think the last time was the 30th of eight. No, th- not the 30th of April, the 30th of uh, March when I last looked. So it's been a long time. Um, but yeah, just uh, working the day job. So uh, just trying to balance everything and life, not doing a very good job. But I had two winners at Chester today. Um, so that was good for me. Okay, hopefully you can continue up the good form. And Katie, how are things with you? Did you enjoy last weekend with the Guineas? Yeah, um, uh, good, thanks. It's been a busy week for me. Uh, I was in Dublin last weekend watching Bruce Springsteen at the RDS Arena, and that was just incredible. Uh, I love being in Ireland, so a really brilliant weekend. Tried to catch the action at Newmarket. Chaldean was excellent, wasn't he, in the 2000 Guineas? And I was really pleased to see High Royal finish second, uh, mentioned him on the pod last week when he was 150 to 1. So it wasn't a bad beach race selection if you backed him. And then it was a thrilling finish on Sunday in the Thousand Guineas with Morge beating Tahira, two top class fillies. Um, flat is in full swing. And I'm looking forward to more action, uh, Chester, tomorrow. And maybe we'll get some Derby and Oaks this Saturday. Yeah, certainly at that time of year now. Obviously, we've had the trials at Chester going on this week. We've got Lingfield on Saturday and then we've got the Dante meeting at York next week so yeah lots of uh, Derby notes clues coming thick and fast but the first race we're going to go to is the 225 at Lingfield it's the Fitzstairs Chartwell Philly Stakes it's a group three contest this card was originally meant to be run uh, on the turf but due to the heavy rain we've had in the south of England over the last couple of days they have transferred it to the all-weather. At the current time recording, these actually aren't the final declarations. They are going to declare a little bit unusually 24 hours instead of 48 hours uh, tomorrow. So, yeah, just uh, bear that in mind. But we'll try and uh, give give you, uh, hopefully, an idea of the the winner. So, uh, Liz, I'll come to you here first. Um, Sacred looks to be the one on uh, ratings anyway that's... uh, uh, they've got beat. How did you see the race? Yeah, I like Sacred in this, where Ryan Moore takes the ride. Her best result coming in the Group 2 Hungerford Stakes at Newbury in August 2021, and last year's second in a Group 2 at Newmarket in October. She's usually held up when she's ridden, so I think she could benefit from being ridden a little bit closer up. But this is her first run on the all-weather, obviously switched because of the state of the turf, so a bit of an unknown maybe. But she is classy, she is the highest rated, and I think she's the one to beat. Okay, so Sacred it is for Liz. And how about you, Casey? Are we going to go for two votes with Sacred? No, I am between two fillies here, Sandrine and Queen Aminatu. Sandrine is the closest opponent on ratings to Sacred. One previous run on the all-weather, one win. She copes with the surface, but I think it's worth remembering that that win was in a novice race for fillies. This is a bit different in a group three. But I think she's a nice horse and I would be keen to side with an Andrew Balding trained runner at the moment. Uh, Yard going well and 
O'Shea Murphy is on fire in the saddle. Um, but I am leaning towards uh, Queen Aminatu here, course and distance winner. Most of her runs have come on the all-weather. She was disappointing on soft ground at the Curro when last seen, but I do think a return to the poly track will help. She hasn't got too much to find with Sandrine, only three pounds lower rated. So because it's being run on the all-weather, my selection is going to be Queen Aminatu. Okay, Queen Aminatu it is for Katie. I personally didn't have an opinion too much on this race. I probably would just go Sacred. She is the best horse in the race, but it is maybe an unknown uh, uh, going around this track on the weather. So that is something to bear in mind. So that's the chart well, fully stakes covered. We then move on to the three o'clock where we go to the Fitstairs Oak Trials uh, fully stakes. It's a listed contest and we've got a currently uh, 13 entries in them at the moment. I should say that I actually don't have any prizes in front of me. So we're kind of going in the dark. Katie, I'll come to you here first. There's some interesting fillies um, that have uh, been entered. See, Aiden O'Brien's got Be Happy. I'm sure that horse is going to be towards the top of the market. Are you quite interested in her or are we going to go with uh, something else? I would be interested in her, but I'm going to go for a horse that has already beaten her in Sea of Roses. Uh, I think Be Happy is probably going to be open to further improvement, but I think she'll probably be short enough on the day. And I prefer Sea of Roses' form. Five and a half length second to arrest. Uh, it's not looking too bad at the moment. And she now really beats a Michael Stouts filly, Infinite Cosmos, who is now a second favourite for the Oaks um, when she won her maiden at Doncaster last season. I think the all-weather track and step up and trip, they're not necessarily guaranteed to suit, but she's a young and improving filly uh, who should stay a mile and a half. And her breeding definitely suggests that she will get this trip. I think she's an exciting prospect. Best priced at 25 to 1 for the Oaks at the moment. She'll definitely be much shorter than that if she wins here. Um, she's one to consider for me, so Sea of Roses. Okay, so Katie's going to go for Sea of Roses, trained by Andrew Bolden, looking to build on that French run. Um, how about you, Liz? Who did you like in the Oaks trial? Um, I like Bright Diamond in this. I think she still retains plenty of potential. Um, only her fourth start, and she's already been placing at group level. Last time out in October at Newmarket, over the mile in a group one Phillies mile one by commissioning. This is obviously a step up in trip, which leaves a bit of a question mark, but a breeding suggests she could stay. She was actually bought quite cheaply, uh, only 23,000 euros, and I think she's already proved to be money well spent. Has a habit of being a bit slow away but i think she'll do well here okay that's liz's thoughts on the oaks trial i myself quite like inner space i thought she was interesting for the gosdens actually uh this horse's dam was a good horse in these colors called journey a few years ago won a few group ones uh, for john gosden rab Havlin is booked currently around about 33 to one shot for the oaks at the current time we're recording would have to step up but does have some form on the all-weather one on her debut effort in fact um back at, at towards the back end of last year at kempton so i think she's interesting um and is maybe one to uh keep on the shortlist so that's our thoughts then on the oaks trial we then move on to the 335 for the feature race which is the lingfield derby trial stakes uh bertinelli is uh Bally doyle's representative here for a no brian we've got a circle of fire as well in the colors 
of His Majesty the King. We've got a couple of um, interesting other horses. Johnson's got a couple. Uh, so is Charlie Appleby. Inquiring Minds, he looks interesting too. Uh, Liz, I thought this was a bit of a tricky puzzle to solve if we get the majority of these down their ground. Uh, who did you know? So this is a derby trial and a total of nine winners of this race have gone on to win the actual derby, most recent being Anthony Van Dyke in 2019 and the 2021 derby winner Adea came second in this so there's plenty to look forward to and this is a minefield. All likely raced at this young age um, but I will go with Aidan O'Brien's Bertinelli. Aidan won in this race four times in the past 10 years. Bertinelli seen last seen coming second to older who ran today at chester coming second in behind san antonio in the listed d stakes obviously another of aiden o'brien's but bertinelli could have more to give here and i'll look forward to seeing how it unfolds okay bertinelli it is for those he does have that form as well and you'll whether when he won at dundalk how about you katie uh who's on your shortlist for the derby trial well as liz mentioned bertinelli there he's got decent form behind older by justify so he should get the trip i think he's interesting circle of fire probably i would prefer to bertinelli uh when he's made in over a mile before finishing second to castleway at newmarket last week and castleway could turn out to be quite a nice horse so that may be a good form line finishing ahead of victory dance uh, listed winner as a juvenile in that race as well but I'm going to go for a brother to a horse that Liz has already mentioned, a derby winner in Adaya, Military Order. Finished fourth on debut before recording back-to-back wins. I think his breathing really makes him stand out here. Full brother to a derby winner. I have to go for Military Order. And if he's anything as good as his brother, he'll be tough to beat. Okay, Katie, sticking with the boys in blue then. Um, I, again, going to go for a Gosden runner, bit of a sucker for these uh, colours. Um, Inquiring Minds, really interesting. Uh, won very easily at uh, Newcastle earlier this month. Interesting that they're going to step him up already in class to a race of this nature. He's by Kingman out of a useful mare called Precious uh, Remotsui, who was a good yardstick in uh, overstaying trips. It's interesting that, uh, like I say, they've, they've gone here. I'm not sure if he is their number one derby pick. A rest looks like he could potentially be, but I think coming on the all-weather with that experience, that may just hold him in good stead compared to some of these that are yet to race on the all-weather. So for me, I'm quite interested in inquiring minds. So that's our thoughts then on the races we're going to cover at Lingfield. We then move on to Ascot, where we go to the 130 where we're going to go to the Peroni Nastro Azuro handicap and Nathaniel Green is your favorite at 10 to 3. We've then got Sarami at 5 to 1, High Fiber at 11 to 2, Savvy Knight 6 to 1, Saratoga Gold at 9s and bigger are the rest. Katie, I'll come to you here first. I thought this was quite a tricky puzzle to solve. We haven't got too many runners. We've only got 10. Um but who did you like? They don't have a strong fancy in this one, if I'm honest. Savvy Knight is a horse that I like, but I'm not sure how he'll get on if the ground remains on the softer side. So I'd be between the top two in the market, Nathaniel Green and Sarumi. And I think I would just side with Sarumi uh, at the prices. And I think he's probably the horse in here um, that has the most potential. Okay, Sarumi, it is for Katie. How about you, Liz? Uh, who did you like in the opener at Ascot? 
So I was actually torn between two, Sir Rumi, and also I've taken a look at Nathaniel Green, and Nathaniel Green just pips it for me. I think he had a really good start to last season, winning a Class 2 at Haydock in July over one mile six, which was on soft. Hasn't been seen since November when he was a rather lacklustre 17th of 21 where he never travelled but he can come out fresh dropping class Adam Farager claiming three could all work out for him yeah that was the way I was kind of playing here with Nathaniel Green I was a little bit concerned about William Haggis's team I thought some of their horses have been underperforming over the last couple of weeks but there have been glimmers that they are coming back into form in fact actually their last two uh Runners have won both at Chester this week, so that's good to see them coming in a little bit of form. Doesn't mind soft ground as well, won a competitive handicap at, um, at Haydock last season as a three-year-old, and some of his form as a three-year-old, uh, like this says, stacks up quite well. So I think off the marker 90, I think he could be the kind of horse that could improve quite well this year. And for me, I think he's got a good chance of uh, taking the opener. So that's our thoughts then on the 130 uh, Ascot, we then move on to the 205 to, for the Pastro, uh, Peroni Nastro Azuri EBF Phillies handicap. Um, this looks a very competitive race. Hang on a sec. Uh, yeah, this looks a very competitive race. Uh, the favourite is Timeless uh, Melody at 7 2. We then got Mountain Son at 4 1. Julia Augusta at 11 2. Bellhaven at 7 1. One Morning at 10s. Bigger are the rest. Liz, uh, come to you here first. Again, quite a few uh, interesting types in here. We've got some exposed fillies. We've got some unexposed ones as well. Some lightly raced types. Are we going to side with maybe one of those um, kind of horses? Yeah, so I like the look of Harry Eustace's Bellhaven in this one. Only returning to the track again 11 days after a win at Nottingham on soft in a class three. So she's been given a £7 rise for this. But a mile seems about the right distance for her. And she can be ridden from the front and won a good class two in October. Harry Eustace is three of tw out of 12 at the moment, having a few winners of late. Uh, so I do like the look of Bellhaven. Okay, Bellhaven is for Liz. How about you, though, um, Katie? Who did you like in this Phillies handicap? I like Mountain Song, rated 86. Receiving weight with three-pound famer Harry Davis on board. Besides with her in this one, I think. It is a step up, but she's a nice filly. I'd say the triple suit. She had been looking for her maiden win over a mile and a quarter trips, but when she was dropped back in trip, that's when she landed her first win. The ground is a question mark for her and she's yet to race on turf. So it might be a little bit of a risk. Um, as you never know, she may not enjoy the conditions, but I'm going to stick with her now and, and hope that she can do well on Saturday. Okay, another good elfin horse is for Katie. I'm actually going to go with the favourite. Timeless Melody. Uh, I don't want to stick with favourites, but that's just the way I'm seeing it. Uh, had an interesting profile to her career. She was actually previously trained by uh, Charlie Appleby um, th this time last year, but she changed, went over to uh, William Haggis um, and won really well, I thought, uh, on her stable debut. She won on heavy ground over the seven furlongs, pulling away from all her rivals. I thought that was a really encouraging effort. She makes a handicap debut here off a mark of 80. The ground shouldn't be a problem, and I think there could be a lot more to come from her. I think she could be a, a horse maybe we see step up in class at some point, and she would have to win this if she was ever going to fulfill that kind of potential. So that's our thoughts then on the Phillies handicap. We then go to the feature race at Ascot 
on Saturday for the 240. It's the Peroni Nastro Azzurro Victoria Cup, a class two contest over the seven furlongs. An absolute minefield here. We've got a field of 23 runners and the betting looks like this. Uh, Barada is your favourite at 6-1. We've then got Kingdom Come at 7s. Tony Charman been attracting a little bit of support at 8s. Vafortino at 8s as well. Fresh at 8s. Riven Inf at 10s. Rainbow Fire 12s. Biggles 12s. Bigger are the rest. Um, Katie, I'll come to you here first. Plenty of horses in this race. A big field handicap. I think we're going to need a few darts, aren't we? Yeah, it's not an easy one at all, is it? 23 runners, a really tough race. And a few old favourites in here as well. So a bit of a case of head over heart for me. I think uh, my heart would absolutely love to see Zip win, but I think his mark is slightly too high and drawing his goal one is not ideal. Orban can be dangerous on his day. He's a course and distance winner. And both of them are big prices and each way... Maybe they could enter those extra places on a going day. Uh, Zip definitely will love the soft ground. So if it is quite testing and the draw doesn't inconvenience him too much, uh, he could be one running on late. Another horse I love is Ropey Guest. I've spoken about him a few times on the podcast. Uh, he's such a dude, very consistent horse, often outruns his odds. Um, but he also has a low draw in store for, and I'm not sure that's the side of the draw to be looking at for the winner here. Uh, Spycatcher won at first, first time out this season. He's been good to me as well. Soft ground, Sam Furlong will be no problem for him. But the big field does concern me slightly. Uh, he hasn't got too much experience in this sort of race and he could find it a bit too hot uh, carrying top weight. Now, I try not to mention half of the field, but I have landed on two horses that they're going to be on my shortlist. They're going to be my two darts in this one. I'm struggling to split them. The first is totally charming, drawn in the middle, stall 13, Billy Loughnane claiming £3 on board. He excels in soft ground. Didn't think it was a bad return to action at the cover for him last time out in the Irish Lincolnshire. That was a really tough competitive race and he wasn't at all disgraced finishing seventh. I think the slight drop back in trip here could give him an advantage. Still off an attractive mark of 101. Loughnane is good for his claim, so... He's ultimately running off 98, £2 higher than when winning over Sam Furlong on heavy ground in October. I think there's more to come from him. It's quite lightly raced for a five-year-old. And the second horse I like is the 10-year-old Safe Voyage. He will love the testing ground. Trip is perfect for him. He was narrowly touched off by I'm a Gambler at Leopardstown in September, and I thought he had an excellent chance of winning. It's back off the same mark of 97 here. Already had a couple of recent runs, uh, showed last time out that he still possesses ability. So I think he's worth a shot as well at a very good each way price, around 18 to 1. So totally charming and safe voyage for me. Okay, a couple of their tasty prices from Katie. How about you, Liz? Did you have a big each way fancy for the listeners? Um, it's an each way, but like Katie said, I mean, it's, yeah, definitely tricky with a field of 23 and there's 
not one where I'd be really bullish on, to be honest. But I find myself at Admiral D's door for Richard Fahey, slipping down the handicap to a mark of 90 now. And he's definitely due a win. He's not won for some time. Um, you could perhaps forgive his last race, seventh of 21 in the Howden handicap over six furlongs. But he was slowly away and couldn't quite get involved. A step up to seven furlongs could suit, and he seems to have ability, but it just doesn't seem to be playing out for him. So is quite frustrating um, but he could also like a bit of give in the ground and it, it wouldn't be a complete surprise to see him take something like this yeah he's definitely a, an interesting one there so that's Liz's thoughts then on the Victoria Cup with her selection the one I really like for this race and it's quite an interesting one is a horse called Roscollin for uh, David O'Meara currently around about 25 to 1 it's really interesting that Kieran Fallon's been booked. Kieran Fallon last rode him at, at uh, Goodwood when he was only beaten uh, neck by uh, Arma Gambler. He's now plummeted in the weights to a mark of 97. And if you go through some of his form last season, he finished third at Royal Ascot off a mark of 103. I think he's really interested in this kind of company. He's kind of been one of those horses that's been there, got the t-shirt, he's got the big field uh, handicap experience. He doesn't mind a little bit of these. He has shown uh, formula in the past. And I think the run at Haydock would have just put him spot on for this. It's his second run after a win surgery. David O'Meara is a master in these kind of races. I wouldn't be at all surprised if this has been his uh, target. And off a mark of 97, he looks very well handicapped. So he's definitely my main fancy in the race. Uh, one, just to keep an eye on, uh, our old friend John Butler runs the dance a lot here. So dance lot used to be a fantastic horse for David Ellsworth, was campaigned over um, over intermediate sprinting trips, over six, seven furlongs, one at Glorious Goodwood, I think, a couple of times in his career, taking some group twos. I just thought it was really interesting that Gerald Mosse, who used to ride him, comes over for the ride. It's his only ride on the card at Ascot, so... Um, yeah, he's definitely one to take note of. John Butler has been trying to get the handicap mark down, no doubt, to land the touch. He's currently available at 33 to 1. He might be worth a saver. Just the fact that Gerald Mosse, who used to ride this horse, hasn't ridden him in ages, is just coming over here for one ride. Definitely uh, one that I think you should have uh, a second look at and one to monitor in the market. So that's uh, the races uh, covered at. Ascot. We then got one more race we're going to look at for any jumping fans we have here on the podcast where we're going, like I say, to Haydock where they've actually got uh, a flat and a jumps card. You don't see too many of them around. And the race we're going to look at is the Potomac Network Swinton Handicap Hurdle. Um, very, very competitive race here. Uh, we've got 17 runners, so good luck if you're going to try and find the winner of this race. And the betting looks like this. Brentford Hope is your favourite at 9-2. We've then got Biker for Charles Burns, who uh, looks like he's landing another touch. Currently available at 5-1. to one. We've then got Teddy Blue at 7-1. to one. Paramount at 7s. One more for the road at 10s. Luna Sovereign at 11s. Black Poppy at 12s. Washington at 12s. Bigger are the rest. Um, Liz, I'll come to you here first. A few familiar names here. Um, if you're a Jumps fan, um, but who are we going to uh, get our teeth stuck into here? 
Yeah, so you go from flat to hurdling in a nanosecond. <laughs> um, but I am going for a trainer making the headlines for all the wrong reasons in the last day or so, and that is Charles Burns's horse, Biker. Let's hope they're actually trying on this one. Uh, controversial. Uh, but he was last seen in the Fred Winter at the festival in March, coming second by just a net behind Jazzy Matty. He's back with back with cheek pieces still on and an argument could be made that he's that he wants further than this because he does stay well but he's been improving last term and he is a good jumper philip burns takes off a handy five pounds and i he definitely would be thereabouts okay so liz is going to go with the irish raider uh biker are we going to make it a full house katie yeah i'm in agreement with liz here i think biker's got leading claims think he's got really solid form pick of the form for me uh, and i'd be sticking with him here okay two votes uh for uh biker i'm actually just going to give a positive mention to one i thought was a little bit overpriced uh one more for the road cheap pieces going first time i'm hoping they're going to try and ride him prominently and make the running with him i think this race can often be suited by those up in the pace i actually tipped the winner of this race last year of a horse called angolo for Anne Duffield, went to the front and nothing caught it. And sometimes that can be the way on this track. It can be hard to come from off the pace. And if that is the case, I think he's a little bit overpriced. Currently around about 14 to 1. He's had a little bit of a short break, not been seen since uh, finishing fifth when he was only beaten two and three quarter lengths, pine fruit and nut Newbury back in early March. Comes here fresh. I think he's off a workable mark of 127. For me, I think he might be able to run well at a price so yeah that's uh my thoughts then uh on the big race at haydock so that rounds off the main action for the podcast liz i'll come to you is there anything else you liked away from the races we were just talking about nothing from me actually chris for this weekend there probably should be uh but i have nothing so nothing to add okay liz keeping it short and sweet and how about you casey anything else that you've got your eye on this weekend I'll give a shout to a horse in the French 2000 Guineas on Sunday, Paddington for Aidan O'Brien. He did well when last seen, and I think he's taken another step forward here. Um, Yeah, good chance there, I think. Okay, Paddington it is for Casey over in France this weekend, where, of course, we've got the the French Guineas, always an interesting meet and a few horses uh, often campaigned over there then come back towards the back end of the season and do well uh, on home shores so it'd be interesting to see how they get on um i just got uh, one to mention um in the 350 at haydock there's a listed uh sprint there over um seven furlongs the one i thought was quite interesting was angel blur i think the ground will be okay for him rafe beckett's team have been going along quite nicely at the moment i think he'll be um be he'll like the small field setup and i think if he can get an easy lead he could be very dangerous uh, I expect him to probably be near the top of the betting, so that's my other runner to note this weekend. Okay, so that's all we got time for this week on the podcast, but before we sign off, we just want to wish one of our loyal followers, Barry Nicholas, a happy birthday for yesterday. Happy birthday, Barry. Hope you had a lovely day. Happy birthday, Barry. Yeah, hope you had a really good uh, birthday, Barry, and hopefully you can have some winners this weekend. Please remember to follow us on all the major podcast platforms. We're available on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple. You can follow us on social media as well, where we're available on Twitter and on Instagram. Please remember to gamble responsibly, and we'll be seeing you again soon.